Hello, welcome to Dream Leapers Inspiration. I'm your host, Harriet Cole. Very honored to be with you today on yet another glorious day. It's morning for me, wherever you are, welcome. Thank you for coming together with me during this time to draw upon our inspiration to reach for the best, live the best, be the best. You know, it is a choice. It's a choice as to how we live. It's a choice as to how we look at the world, as to how we envision our way. We may not always think it's a choice. Sometimes we we can feel like we're stuck, that there's no way out, that the forces of nature and society are bearing down upon us in ways that can seem unbearable. Have you ever felt like that? I have. But if we tell the truth, for many of us, if not most of us, that has happened. For some of us, it is happening right now. The, the pressure and stress of the unknown when just ahead of us, there is an invisible unknown that's touched so many people with this virus and all of the other things. You know, there, there is the virus, but that's not all. There is the effect, the negative effect of the economy unraveling. There is the effect of global warming, of what's happening with our weather patterns. In some places, we're grateful. In a whole lot of places, we aren't. But even, by the way, in the places where we're grateful, it's often odd. Why is it so warm? And in other places, sadly, why is there so much fire or storm? There are many things that are out of our control. There are many things that seem to be looming around us that cause us concern. And yet, there are things that we can control. There are things that we can hold on to and build upon that make it possible for us to move through our lives with inspiration, with grace, with peace. So welcome to all of you, my friends on this journey of Dream Leapers Inspiration. Thank you for being with me and thank you for considering what seems sometimes to be so difficult to consider that it is possible for us to have some control in our lives at a time when so much seems out of control. That could feel like an oxymoron. Well, I can't control the weather. I can't control the economy. I can't control what's happening in uh, in the world of health and well-being. Okay, maybe you can't, but what can you control? You can control yourself. Now, by the way, you may not always think you can control yourself. <laughs> Have you ever, if you tell yourself the truth, been in a situation where you go, oh, I said I wasn't going to do X. I even put it on my list. I'm not going to do that thing that causes me strife, that causes me grief, that isn't good for my health. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that thing anymore because it doesn't serve me. And then boom, before the end of the day, you do it. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever promised yourself 
that there's something you're going to do because it's good for you, because it will make you happy. Maybe not today, but in the long run, you made a promise. You, with conviction, you made a promise and then you didn't do it. Have you ever been that person? Tell yourself the truth. Have you ever promised yourself something and then didn't follow up on it, did not fulfill it? I'm going to guess that because you are a human being just like I am, the answer is yes, it has occurred, that there's been something that you promised yourself you were going to do and you didn't do it. And so now we are together in this covenant and I'm looking, I see people already who who are talking to me from New York, from Nashville, from, uh, from the Netherlands, and I know people joining from all over the world. Thank you for joining. I'm asking this question right now. Have you ever promised yourself something that you felt would be good for you, good for your life? You promised that you were either going to do this or that you were not going to do whatever this is, and you didn't fulfill that promise. If you tell the truth, nine times out of 10, the answer is yes. There have been times when you have not fulfilled a promise that you made to yourself. I'm not talking about promise to anybody else, to yourself. As a human being, it's likely that you did that. I am telling you right now, there's more than one thing I've promised myself that I haven't done. And what happens when you break a promise with yourself? You feel bad. You feel like, oh, you feel like you're not as strong as you told yourself you are, or even more, you're not as strong as other people think you are because perception means something to us, how we perceive ourselves and even more how other people perceive us. You let yourself down. You didn't do whatever it is. It's like the New Year's resolution craze that's been going on for generations. At the beginning of the year, and you know, we're closing out a year, moving into a new year. At the beginning of a year, people sit down, they pray, they meditate, they promise, I'm going to do this thing to make my life better. I'm going to choose to do something that will inspire me to be a better me. And then often a day goes by, a week goes by, pardon me, a month goes by. Then what? Two months go by. Are you still with it? Three months go by. Mm. You know that song, Only the Strong Survive? It's often only the strong and committed who are still doing it. So I want us to erase those thoughts of the commitment that on the other side of it, if you just don't do it, you beat yourself up because you feel so bad that you weren't able to fulfill something that you felt was important to you. Let's stop beating ourselves up. What can we choose for ourselves that can help us to walk the path that we have chosen for ourselves a little bit easier? I think that's a really important question and not an easy question to answer, by the way. What can we choose that will help us to stay the course? The course that we have chosen for ourselves. What can we do? What can we choose that will help us when we need to pivot? And the pivot could be a hard pivot. Like, oh, I have to do something that's really difficult, that may take all the energy I can muster, all the resources I can muster, 
And it's also pivoting into the unknown. Okay, now I want us to back up and think about this year. How many pivots have we made? I've made several significant pivots. Have you? We, we started off this year. I'll say for myself, I started off this year incredibly hopeful. My business was was blossoming in a really nice way for 2020. A lot of things felt super positive. We had we had come through a challenging summer during which my family and I had found ways to enjoy pockets of peace and joy. And we moved into the the new year with this idea that anything was possible. And then shortly after that, COVID came. COVID was probably here in January, but it shut us all down in March. And we've been pivoting ever since, many of us. What in the world can we do now? We have to stay home. How can we stay home and make it work? We, you have kids, they have to go to school. Can they go to school from home? How will it work? If we're fortunate enough to work, do we have to go out into the unknown? Do we stay at home and use video conferencing? Or what? What are we to do? What is the pivot in terms of how we take care of our families, how we take care of our physical beings? Pivot after pivot after pivot have occurred. And I've worked with hundreds of people over the course of this year in different coaching capacities, helping people to own their story and choose the way forward that will be best for them, which almost always has included a pivot. The magic ingredient, if we want to call it that, for me in this space, and I think for many of the people with whom I've been engaged, is what I wanted to talk about today. Peace. Choosing peace. It's an action. Choosing peace. So, you know, what is that? It, it, often we think peace is something that's over there. Well, you know, if I walk out of this room, go into that room, sit down and meditate, peace is in that room. If I read the Bible or read a spiritual text, peace is in that text. If I say something kind to another that I really mean and it brightens their day, peace is in that moment. Guess what? Peace is in all those places. It is. The greatest way, however, to access peace in terms of what I have understood, what I have learned, is to access it within our own being and to let it resonate from the inside out so that we claim peace, so that we choose to be anchored in peace. And what does that mean? For me, it means accepting where I am, who I am, what I have, opening my eyes and seeing what is before me and seeing it in as positive of a way as possible. Not feeling deflated, feeling present. Not dreaming something impossible to live, but dreaming the possible. And what do I mean by that? You know, there, there's the fantasy dream, and then there's the 
big, powerful, amazing potential dream. Those, to me, those are different. You know, the fantasy of imagining your way out of something that is not based on anything real and tangible or doable, not based on something you can take action to accomplish, to me, that's fantasy. But the big imaginable, although it might feel unimaginable dream, that you can help manifest because there are things you can do to make it possible, to me, that lives in the space of peace. Peace is not resignation, but if you look at spiritual texts, it is surrender. Not resignation, surrender. Surrender to grace. Surrender to God. Surrender to the inner power that connects you to others and connects you to the greatest presence there is. So in an interesting way, this is a tough spiritual concept, but in an interesting way, surrendering to the highest is immersing yourself in peace. And when you practice that, practice surrendering to the voice inside that guides the way. When you give yourself the space to listen, then you allow peace and clarity to come forth. So if you think about it, if you're upset about something, you're anxious about something, you're worried about something. It is so hard to see clearly. In fact, I don't think we can see clearly when we are worried, angry, upset, or even overly excited about something. It's when we are engaging our core and being able to stand with our feet flat on the floor that we can fly. It may not make sense, but the grounding helps us to fly. The grounding helps us to see, to truly see what we are supposed to see. And so if you find yourself in the swirl of emotion, look for peace. Don't stay in the swirl. Ground yourself. Put your feet flat on the floor. Take those three cleansing breaths. Choose to find peace within yourself within the moment, because when you do that, you can literally see better. I found lots of quotes about choosing peace. I'm going to share a couple of them with you. This one is from the great thinker, spiritual being, Wayne Dyer. He says, peace can become a lens through which you see the world. Be it, live it, radiate it out. Peace is an inside job. It's essentially what I just said. Let me read it again. Peace can become a lens through which you see the world. Be it, live it, radiate it out. Peace is an inside job. Sometimes we imagine, like I said, that peace is over there in that other room. If I step into that room, I experience peace. Now, it could be that if you have a meditation space where you go and you devote your energy to communing with God, to communing with your inner power, if that's your go-to place, you build up a reservoir of peace in that place. And you may feel peace when you cross the threshold of that room. 
That's why when people go to um, into spiritual homes, houses of worship, you can often pe people often when they walk when they approach a house of worship before crossing the threshold, they often will bow and offer their blessings and their commitment that when they cross that threshold, they are crossing with humility and and with the intention of receiving blessings because they feel it. You can walk into a spiritual home, a house of worship, an active house of worship, and feel the grace filling the, filling the particles in the air. And I remember my grandmother, Carrie Freeland, who lived to be 101 years old, was definitely a woman of God. She went to church every Sunday, but she kind of lived church in her life. She was a domestic worker. She worked until she was 93 years old when my family said, come on. We called her little grandma because she was four foot nine. She was literally a foot shorter than me. We said, it is time for you to retire. You have to come home. And when she came home, she had been living on her own. She came to live with us. And in her later years, well, 93 was already later years, but I would say, you know, 98 to 101, something like that. For the last few years of her life, she did not go out to go to church. So ministers would come to have, uh, to offer prayer with her and to sit with her and meditate with her. And I can't remember how frequently they came. I, my thought is it's once a week, but it could have been once a month. I don't know. But they came with regularity. And I remember the minister, whoever it was, coming to her room in our house and standing before the doorway in the same way that I'm talking about people coming to a house of worship, standing in the doorway, you know, making in a, a, you know, the prayer hands or that supplication offering, and then walking in, sitting with her, reading the Bible with her, praying with her, and communing with her. It was beautiful. When she passed away, or actually, I'm trying to try to remember this. Yes, when she passed away, at her funeral, I think it was seven ministers. Think of it, seven ministers who came to my grandmother's funeral and spoke. And each of them said how when they had come to her room, they felt like they were entering God's room. I'm not making this up. She died a long time ago. So I was trying to remember exactly what happened. But it was so beautiful. We saw the this engagement when they came to our house and walked into her room. But we heard them testify. They felt that they they were coming to bring prayers and blessings to her. And they said they left being blessed by her. She chose peace every day. And she didn't talk about what she was doing, but I remember sometimes walking into her room, looking at her. She would sit in her chair in the afternoon, around 4.30 in the afternoon, in her rocking chair, rock back and forth. She had read her Bible a little bit. She sat with her eyes closed, rock back and forth for a period of time. And that was her moment of meditation. That was her moment of accessing peace inside and then living that peace. It was a powerful thing to see. Now, she was a woman who had lived through so much. As I said, she lived to be 101 years old. So she was always old when I knew her. 
she was patient. She was humble. As I said, she was a domestic worker. She cleaned toilets. She worked with people when they were very old. She cleaned their bodies. She cooked for them. She took care of them. And she did it with a sense of love and grace and humility and acceptance that is unmatched by anybody I've witnessed to work and live. She accepted her station in life. She loved her family. She chose peace and she shared her peace with others. And I am saying to all of us, we can do the same thing. In the midst of everything that is happening in our world right now, and everything is a lot, we can choose peace. We have sorrow. Even in sorrow, we can choose peace. I just saw a news report. Actually, it was Reverend Barber, who's part of the Poor People's Campaign. He's so such a powerful and committed human being. And he said, he was talking about some of the people he's met who have been disproportionately affected by COVID. And one of them is a woman who, of, of extremely limited means, and her family, similarly, of extremely limited means. And they, she had lost 41 members of her family to COVID. Can you imagine? What kind of heartache is that to have lost so many people that you love, so many people who are connected to you by blood? So that in within that sorrow, there's still the need to live and survive and attempt to thrive. Choose peace in sorrow. Choose peace in uncertainty. Choose peace in questioning what is coming next. Choose peace in everything. Choose peace when you find yourself in the furor of emotion. Step back and choose peace. And so we're going to go through an exercise that I've done with you many times over these months that we've been together. It is the go-to that you can do anywhere. You can do it at your desk. You could do it in, take a moment and go to the restroom. You can do it walking down the street. This is a way to access peace, to access calm, to access your inner strength. Three cleansing breaths. So let's do it together. Please put your feet flat on the floor, shoulders back. Your thumbs and forefingers touching on your knees. Close your eyes. And first, let's just breathe naturally. Just notice your breath moving in and out very naturally. Follow your breath. Remember that the breath is the life source. Without your breath, you cannot live, you cannot be, you cannot think, you cannot love. So just notice your breath. So in moments when you feel frazzled, when you feel worried, when you feel anxious, when you feel sad, take a moment and notice your breath. And we're going to take three cleansing breaths, and I'm going to guide us through them. Right now, breathe in deep. And as you do, breathe in 
cleansing care of the moment. Breathe out long. Let go of anything standing in the way of you fully being in this moment. Breathe in deep. Breathe in grace. Breathe in love. Breathe out long. Breathe out tension. Breathe out discomfort. Breathe out anxiety. And one more time, breathe in deep, breathe in peace, breathe in possibility, breathe in tranquility, breathe in trust, breathe out long, breathe out tension, breathe out worry, breathe out blame. Now just breathe naturally. Just breathe. Allow yourself to feel your body gently owning the space of the breath. Allowing yourself to feel the breath move throughout your body. Know that you can always choose In just a few seconds, you can access peace within your being. And then, when you open your eyes, you can see through the inner lens of peace. Choose to see the goodness. Choose to look for the potential. Choose to see a way forward, even when it feels like there may not be one. Choose peace. You may gently open your eyes. This is the season for peace. As we move into these final days of 2020, we can choose peace every day. We can choose to see through the lens of peace that we access through meditation, through the breath, through taking a moment to be still, to be in communion with ourselves. It's a beautiful thing to understand that we have the power within ourselves to access peace. Don't ever forget it. It is a superpower. You already have it. You don't have to buy it. You just have to remember that it's there. You know how when When I was a child in church, they would say, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And they would pass the peace. And you would touch each other's hands and pass the peace one to the other. We're not touching each other like that anymore physically. But I want to offer to you, peace be with you. I am passing the peace to you. Let's pass it among each other, heart to heart. We can choose peace and share it. It's a superpower that we all have. Choose peace, everybody. I offer you peace and love and blessings. And until next time, have a great day and make it count. Namaste.